Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football might be over, but basketball is in full swing, both college and pro. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to find out where the next head coach is going to be fired, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sporting needs. Head on over to the website, use your mobile devices, sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. And it's not just about basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage that just finished. It is the best in the business. From sports right down to your own favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is number one in waging destination. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today, we got a special guest uh, today, a person that I recently met, but is a good dude. Um, we met through a mutual friend. He is a former NFL player, but he also went to Vanderbilt. Oxymoron, right? <laughs> so, really good dude. Um, wanted to let him introduce himself because he's just, like I said, really good brother. I was I wanted to get his story because it's a story uh, that most of most of the younger generation need to hear. So I want to. I'll get into his. We'll get into his story right away. But uh, introduce yourself. Yes, sir, man. My name is Jonathan Wynn, man, from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Went to Vanderbilt from 2013 to 2017. Got into the league in 2018. Played for Minnesota my first year. My second year played for the Detroit Lions. Then my third year played for the Carolina Panthers, and shoot, now I just recently retired. <laughs> well, all right, we gonna we gonna we see what the teams he played for. We gonna start from the beginning to where way uh, to to the end of his journey. All right, so how did your how did your football journey start? Well, you know, uh, I started when I was around eight years old. Um, that's when my dad first put me in. Um, being from Stone Mountain, Georgia, and Atlanta, especially Metro Atlanta. Football is serious. Uh, <laughs> that's how that's how boys become men. So um, I grew up around it. Also was a big fan of Georgia football back in the day, especially Matthew Stafford days, DJ Shockley days. Those were seeing that on TV made me want to, you know, play college football one day and eventually get to the league. But like I said, basically started on um, park ball. I don't call it pop one. I call it park ball. <laughs> so, Reached up to middle school, played in middle school, then went to Stevenson High School, 
and played there. Um, and that school is known for um, putting out a lot of athletes um, every year. I was blessed to be in a program where we had 20 plus dudes um, get full ride scholarships to um, mm -hmm. play football. So I knew that was one of the dreams that I wanted to um, wanted to do. Yeah. Were you interested in any other uh, playing any other sports growing up? Well, I, I played I played basketball, but it was uh, it wasn't my my strong suit. Um, I got fouled a lot, and um, <laughs> I, was, I was tall, but I, I could get the rebound. I was tall. I could set. It was it was you know I was great like that. But when it came to like other things like like post game, uh, you know, set up setting up on offense, it kind of wasn't my my thing. But um, <laughs> I played that. Uh, I played baseball for a, qu a couple years. Um, my family's gonna remember me more so for playing soccer when I first started playing any sport and how I scored in the wrong goal, like my first game. And to them, that's like letting them know that this, this is where I started from. So, but for the most part, uh, I actually ran track a lot um, in middle school. Mm -hmm. I ran track. Um, I did in middle school. I did long distance, but in high school, I did the 400 meters. I did triple jump, four by four. Um, mostly stayed in that that realm and. Yeah, that was kind of like my off-season um, sport, you know. No, I got you. So he, yeah, as you can see, folks, he's an all-around athlete. <laughs> so you played Pop Warner. When did you start playing football? Um, so I started at eight years old. It was uh, eight and under. Um, you know, we didn't do it by weight then. I know some people do it by weight. But um, my first position was right tackle, and then I played defensive end on, uh, on the opposite side of the ball, and – Basically started from there. <laughs> so you was a right tackle. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So were you uh, good at the pop Warner thing? Were you like kind of going up the ranks? Or was you a good right tackle? How, how did that go? My my first year it was still getting used to because I, I remember getting hurt a lot and I wasn't used to getting hurt a lot. But then after that first year, I started getting faster than the other kids and started getting more stronger. Um, one of the things about being a Pop Warner, you could play two or three games in one day and still have time to go outside and play outside when you got home. Like I just, I was full of energy as a kid. So when I played ball, I was just naturally in condition to, to do anything and run fast and do what I wanted to do. So I, I definitely made plays, you know what I'm saying, leading up to, you know, Pop Warner. Okay. So your high school, you said it had a lot of lot of great players. What made you choose that school? Is it strictly for that? Strictly for the fact that they had a lot of tradition? So I was I was born in the district. You know, you, it's a lot of guys that try to transfer to other high schools through, you know, I'm saying different type of things. But I actually grew up through the district, um, and I basically just I just naturally went there, and I was just blessed to be in a program where, you know, you had guys like like Reggie Ball and. Um, like it's just it's so many guys I can think about right now, but um, basically every a lot of guys that I was around, you know, went to went to school and all the coaches had knowledge of how to earn yourself a scholarship, how to you know keep up your grades, um, mm -hmm. program, and especially to go to a black school and have that have that around you too is just amazing too, because you know a lot of people think you need to go to private schools to try to get that, mm -hmm. not, you know, what I'm saying knowledge and get that access, but I had it right in my own backyard. So I was, I was blessed. Well, hey, what was your most memorable moment in high school? So uh, our most memorable moment, if you, if, if anybody's from Atlanta or from Stone Mountain, they would know uh, the Stevenson versus MLK rivalry. Um, my junior year, 
we had we had a bunch of all stars on our team that had all stars on their team. Um, it was the end of the November. Um, it was Robbie Week. Um, I think we made <laughs> this video, rap video, music video about their high school. They was talking trash to us on Twitter and played on Friday. And both both the both packs both on stands is packed. Like the whole county is there, kind of like on some Friday Night Lights stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. And basically, we lost fifty to forty nine at the last minute because they we kicked them the ball that we kicked them the ball to return, and their their returner basically ran it back and. That was game. That was. Oh wow! Wow. That was, that was game, and they whole stands came onto the field, and they came to us talking about we beat y'all. And <laughs> <laughs> played in a lot of games, a lot of big games, but that game was the most liveest game I ever been a part of, and I always hold that hold that to heart. So yeah. No, I got you. I got you. That makes sense, man. That makes that's hella sense, bro. <laughs> um, that's the, you know, like in, in LA, you know, we have football, like, you know, obviously play a lot of football, but I don't know if there's the rivalries like that, you know, like the more rivalries you have in LA is more like basketball rivalries, you know? And I feel like it'll be the same thing. You know, it's two black schools, mm -hmm. football thing. Like I said, we both football schools and like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, I said a lot of it's a lot on the line. There's a lot at stake. People betting on the games. I think we had a riot during halftime. It was just, it's just <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is this is the culture within that I grew up in. So it made it, it made football like you know serious to me. Like this is okay. I don't lose. Like we we can't lose. So. <laughs> I got you. So were you recruited heavy in high school? So I was um, junior, after my junior year. Um, you know, I got a, a couple offers. South Carolina, I think Florida International University, uh, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Pittsburgh. It was it was a lot of schools that was coming after me, Wake Forest, and um, but I know I was I was heavily you know what I'm saying getting talked to by Vanderbilt. Um, that was James James Franklin was the coach then. Mm -hmm. James Franklin, he could he could sell a pen to to anybody. <laughs> He he can he sold it to me, he sold it to my parents, and it was like he had he had us on the string, low key. So, you know what I'm saying? It was, it wasn't it wasn't hard in terms of decisions. And plus, you know, Vanderbilt being a great school in education, you know what I'm saying? My parents knew this was the right choice. So I think we both we all came to an agreement like yes, Vanderbilt is where we need to do. And after I committed to Vanderbilt, uh, you know, the spring of junior year, I didn't. I didn't see many other schools coming like that, so yeah. No, I got you. All right, so you choose Vanderbilt, which is obviously a tremendous academic school, but I felt like over the years Vanderbilt started getting better, uh, better athletes such as yourself, and start winning some games. You know, especially when it went to SEC. Um, yeah. So, how would describe your, you know, uh, your first uh, first year in, in college compared to high school? You know. Um, so coming from where I'm from in high school, uh, I seen some, I seen the amount of talent, and basically uh, it was a lot of, you know, I was just around a lot of great players that went to the SEC, and basically mm -hmm. Vanderbilt uh, athletically, things didn't really change, um, but you know I'm saying I kind of I went against a lot of great athletes, but uh, mm -hmm. academically, 
It definitely changed. Um, <laughs> that drug education was not the same as a college <laughs> regimen, <laughs> course load. So that was one of the things that changed. And um, basically, I had to get adjusted to the schedule. You know, in high school, you got all the time in the world, but in college, you know, things are on the on the strict regimen, on the strict mm-hmm, mm-hmm. structure, and you got to meet things by by this time and by that time and I had to get used to that. And um, also at the same time, like, you know, having tutors and things to help us to do the work. Cause for some people, you know what I'm saying? It took us a long time to adjust, but um, that first year, after that first semester, I got used to the to the flow of things and, you know, understood how, how college football works. Yes, that's cool. That's the, that's the big thing, you know? Um, what was the hardest thing that, um, the, from the transition from uh, high school to college? Uh, I was, I would say, I would say time management. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was definitely. a big, was a big <laughs> I had to learn that the hard way UCLA. Had to yeah. learn it the hard way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You had to, you had to know, you had to learn that, but then also too, and I feel like this is big, um, for schools like private schools like Vanderbilt or Duke or like those type of schools. Um, for a lot of us athletes, we kind of we basically intermingled with a lot of regular students. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't like they kept us separate from like all the regular students. We actually, you know, live with regular students. You know, intermingle with them. And one of the things that could that could really get you not, you know, on your p's and q's is um, thinking that basically you can lose your hunger being around regular students that don't have the life or have the you know what I'm saying, the responsibilities like you do. You know what I'm saying? You're around regular students who are more cultured, who, you know what I'm saying, have these experiences and stuff, and it starts to rub on you like, man, I would I would love to have that one day and things like that. But then you gotta remember you still gotta wake up at five AM to get to, you know what I'm saying, football practice and, you know, do these do your workouts and things like that. And basically I I can I feel like for a lot of people that was one of the things that I had to realize like I came here first as a football player. Well, I'm a student athlete, but my scholarship is a football scholarship. <laughs> you know, we came here for and then you know what I'm saying, then you can, you know, get get the perks of being a student and things like that. No, no, definitely I you know, when I was at UCLA it was kind of the same thing. But uh they well UCLA you can mingle with the regular students, but there's no way that you don't know that you're an athlete. They kind of keep you in that athlete's box, you know what I'm saying, where you hanging out with all mostly other athletes, the track kids, football, baseball, whatever, like we're in this bubble, yeah. you know, and they, 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 like, they like to keep you in the bubble as far as like, you know, just like big time schools, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so you're at Vanderbilt. Did you stay all four years? Yeah, I stayed, I had a red shirt in my, first, my freshman year mm-hmm. for, for my fifth year. Um, yeah, I, I used that first year to, you know, get bigger in the weight room, the, you know, the typical things, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regimen of the school and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, what was your biggest triumph and your biggest failure in college? My biggest triumph? Um, you know, when you, when the first couple of years, uh, for a lot of people, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to make it in football. You're trying to keep your grades up. And, um, I feel like a, a, the biggest thing I learned was my routine. Um, mm, mm, mm-hmm. I learned every I learned my routine every week what I needed to do 
to stay at my best in terms of like staying at the top, tip top of my prime in terms of like what time to wake up or how to take care of my body at the at the practices, um, what to eat during mm-hmm. some, um, when to like when to go to bed and mm-hmm. when, when not when I could kind of stay up. A little. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fill it out because it's like you want to kind of keep it keep yourself balanced, but you don't want to you know what I'm saying let one one thing kind of shift and one thing kind of shift down. So I had to learn my routine to where. You know, school, when to watch film, when to take care of my body, how mm-hmm. to approach every game, um, you know, just, just kind of those things. And I feel like once once I got that routine down, you know, I started, I, I kept consistently staying at my best with school and and playing football toward it. So it, that's what the, one of the things I could say was a triumph. Um, failure, I feel like a, a failure I guess, it wasn't like I truly failed, but um, I guess the failure. Cause I never, I never failed a class. Um, in four never, years, never failed a class. I, 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 I must must respect. I give him props. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. My last class to graduate was a D, but that's <laughs> past me. So you can't tell me that's a that's an F. So that was a that was a that was a, that was a pass for me. Um, no, I got you. I got you. You can say a failure or something I wish I would have did better was, um, you know, let people know my mental health. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like during that time, athletes, especially me, we didn't really have many people to like talk to. Like I could talk to the bros, I can talk to you know um, my teammates and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't really vent like that, and you know it was kind of some things. Some things I kind of held inside, and it kind of. You know, what I was saying didn't didn't really like register well when it came to like relationships or you know, what I'm saying communicating to people because mm-hmm. I kind of vibe. But I say towards the towards the end of the end of the years, like junior and senior, that's when I started to become comfortable with being vulnerable and opening about what I'm dealing with in terms of like how hard these classes are, how hard this football thing is. <laughs> Just, just actually being vulnerable, and it actually made me feel better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's things I. It wasn't a failure, but something I wish I would have worked, did better at in, in school. No, no, communication is always big, especially for an athlete dealing with any kind of situation because you got so much on your plate. Especially in college, you're learning how to be an adult essentially, but you're learning how to be an adult uh, with a dictatorship in a way with coaches. Cause yeah. they, they, they have that quota. They got to win period, you know, or those they get fired. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they want you to become a, a man, but also under their kind of, you know, saying the rule or thumb, you know? And so I understand exactly communication is so big because you don't yeah. be vulnerable. You don't, you just be like, see, you know, your whole life is just like taught to be like, suck it up, be a man, you know? Yeah. You can take it. You a man, you know, and that's my father told me that all the time. Yeah. So we just learning how to communicate, like you were saying, is just crucial. Super yeah. crucial. Yeah. All right, what was the biggest lesson you learned from college? Biggest lesson? Uh, I feel like it's so many. That's <laughs> just school. Um, but getting at Vanderbilt, I think the biggest lesson is is knowing that you are more than an athlete. Um, I I was blessed to be 
at Vanderbilt where they embedded that in your head. <laughs> From day one? Day one, like, professors didn't care that I played football. Like, it was, you know, record students didn't care that I played football. Like, it was just like, you was just there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, knew you, you knew you wasn't just, like, like you knew you wasn't special like that. You mm-hmm, knew you had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like every other regular student, and we had to meet it. And basically, also being close with, um, you know, my former AD, uh, David Williams, he, he made sure to understand how being a black student athlete at Vanderbilt, how you need to make sure you get the most out of this, this school and not let them just use you. Kind of like you told me not. Like, yeah, not, yeah. I had them pimp you because, like, you do see a lot of cases where people, you know, kids get pimped and their identity is wrapped around ball and they don't get nothing from school. And, yeah, you, you just hate to see it. So I think one of the biggest lessons coming out of school is definitely understanding that I'm more than an athlete and that using this education as a tool to, you know, better my life. Because with Vanderbilt, they always said it wasn't just a four-year plan. It was a 40-year plan. And um, that's the one of the things – I can see now is um is is big for me. So no, definitely, man, definitely. So you finish at Vanderbilt, you graduate, which is a blessing. Um, do you go to the NBA Combine? I mean, I mean NBA. Do you go to the NFL Combine? Sorry. No. So I had a I had a pro Combine. Um, I basically after my my red shirt um, senior year, mm-hmm. I stayed in Nashville. Um, I'd have, I had agents, but then I got hurt during the middle of that fifth year, but I was making my way back before the combine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had many agents until I reached out to one and he saw my resume in terms of football and he was like, I'm going to take you on. And basically, I um, leading up to the combine, I I worked at Smoothie King. During the- <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? You tell you, Travis. I, um, I did pro. I did combine training in the morning. Uh huh. Smoothie King the rest of the days, because I, I, because I, I, me and my best friend got an apartment in the in the city in Asheville. Mm-hmm. They, the agent wasn't paying for me, so I needed money. So, and then the the trainer that I was with, he was doing this all for just the love of me being a good player in college. So, I needed to I needed to find a way, and basically. Uh, like I told you, worked at Smoothie King the rest of the days, um, trained in the morning, and uh, just made sure to just stay on top of my eating and lean up to the, con- to the not the combine, but the pro day uh, at Vanderbilt. Um, I did good. I think that's what really turned turned heads for coaches to look at me. So, yeah. That's cool. Like I said, I mean, we all had, you know, we all had to make that money, man. Like, I remember, like, when I was straight out of college, I, I needed rent. So I literally went to Bogota, Colombia to go yeah. play, to, to pay my rent. You know, I couldn't wait on the summer league. I couldn't wait on none of that, you know, because I was like, you know, like, scholarship money stopped as soon as you graduate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's no, like, extra couple months. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's what really humbles you when you leave, when you graduate. I'm telling you, man, like, I got a little money for my family, but I was like, this ain't enough to pay rent. So agent was like, look, if you want to go make like $4,000, come to Bogota, Colombia. And I got my passport, literally left like two weeks later after I graduated to yeah. Bogota to go make some money, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I didn't even wait for like, the, you know, uh, like getting drafted in the D-League at the time. None of that. I just went straight for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. With um, obviously you played, you know, how was your draft? I mean, I draft for like free agency experience going into the NFL. Yeah, you know, after so like I said, after that, um, that that pro day, mm -hmm. numbers and a lot of teams started to uh, hit me and my agent up to um, talk or mm -hmm. train me and see how I was for private workouts and you know it was it was a lot it was a couple teams that was betting for me and you know they would face have zoom calls and facetime you know it, it it changed it made me feel good about you know the draft like i didn't i didn't know if i was gonna get drafted honestly but i did know i was gonna get picked up by somebody like i knew i knew that and so going into the draft um you know i was just i was just really just taking it all in um I didn't when it was that was 2018. I didn't get drafted, but I had close contacts with um, coaches that you know let let me know how what, what, what they were thinking. I was close to getting drafted actually because um, they told me they told me they was gonna get me in the sixth round, but then they got somebody else. But then they, so then I thought they was done with me. But then they called me afterwards. Was like we still want to get you, but just undrafted. And I was just like. Okay, so <laughs> somebody over me, but okay, but um, but basically, um, going into that mini camp, mm -hmm. um, make sure that I prove myself, um, let people know who I was, um, stand out, which I did, and they felt confident in me. But then, um, going into that summer, um, I remember I had a lot of free time, um, a lot of free time outside of football, because you know, you're not in school no more. It's just strictly football. So it's whatever. Mm -hmm. And I guess that first, that rookie year or that whole rookie year, even that summer going into the preseason, going to that season was really um, crucial for me. Um, or something that I feel like was, the reason why I'm in a good position now is because of that year, I feel like, because I didn't do too much spending. Um, I took everything in. Um, I locked in to where teams picked me up um, or wanted to like keep me on to develop me and things like that. And I think that's what made, made me, um, you know what I'm saying, be a part of the league for, you know, a good few years. Okay. Okay. So your first team was? It was Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Okay. How, how did it feel, you know, like, cause I, obviously I never played in the NFL. I'm just curious. Like when you made the team and I guess when you get to call or not get to call, like yeah. how was that feeling for you? It, it felt good. It felt surreal. Um, you know, I was just glad to be be a part of it. And I my mind instantly went to like, you know, it's time to go to work. Like it just went, it just went, it didn't like, I, I mean, I had, I, I celebrated because uh, I was my, I was back home in Georgia with my family. I had um, friends and family come through and, we were happy and I was, I was humble, but in my head, I knew like, yeah, like it's time to go to work. Cause like I had, I had friends or people, teammates or friends um, at, before me that went to league and told me how I was. And so I already knew like, yeah, like I ain't trying to like all, all their wrongs. I didn't want to repeat. Like, I wanted of course, to of course, of course. Right. So I just kind of went to like, time to go to work. <laughs> I'm not, not going to pull nothing I, I, at summer mini camp. I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm in tip top shape. I'm going to, I'm going to give them no excuse to like, you know, to cut me or release me. So. Right. Right. All right. 
Yeah, people don't really tell you more about the politics and the, you know, how how really the business side of like mm-hmm. um, or major league um, players. Okay, okay. So you do a year with uh, Minnesota. Um, you think do you thinking like they're gonna sign me back? I did good enough to sign me back, or you just knew that they was gonna you know let me go, let you go and sign with another team. Well, here's my story with Minnesota. Um, so like I said, I got picked up by them. Um, you know, did my mini camp with them. Everything was good. Then I went to the preseason with them. Um, and did and did well actually. Um, I ended up with with two sacks and a few tackles. Um, you know, I I, I kind of you know, I, I, you know, because I think going into that preseason, I was nervous. You know, it was still that that anxiety of knowing, of wondering, like, do I belong? And then after that first preseason game of getting a couple of tackles in the sack, I was just like, okay, like, all right, Lord, I belong. Like, <laughs> like I can do this. Like, you know, what I'm saying, I just gotta like for most the difference between some players and other players is that it's really confidence and believing. So I kind of had to step into that confidence and um do and actually play and you know I did well that that preseason but they released me because um they had players they drafted they had things they had quarters they had to meet so then I was just like dang I thought it was over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. back up um in October um I was basically gone from them from, from Minnesota for a month still training you know still trying to stay on top because at, at first I thought it was it was over but Somebody had to tell me, like, nah, it's like, you know, you just got to keep, you know, somebody's going to pick you up. You just got to keep, you know, staying in shape. So did that. Went to Minnesota, um, back to Minnesota on the practice squad. And um, I was there for, like, a good two months. Um, they released me going into December because I hurt myself. I remember I, I hurt my, my one of my fingers and I couldn't really – do too much, so they would let, let me go. But then Detroit picked me up that December, too. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats in your face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use the NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you'll never have to worry about slow connection either. And plans to start under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash B-L-E-A-V or use the code B-L-E-A-V that is BELIEVE to get 70% off your NordVPN plus additional month for free. It's no risk because it's a money back guarantee. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose the one that has top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, and probiotics to start your day. 
A special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. It's only one gram of sugar, and no chemicals, artificial, artificial anything. You came to help aim your immune system with daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V again. And that's athleticgreens.com slash B-L-E-A-V. And I remember I stayed in Detroit. Um, you know, I was on their practice squad for the rest of that season and then mm-hmm. and kept kept along with them that 2019 year and, and the whole the whole year in that season. So basically it was with them that whole 2019 year. And that was an experience because um, I was around Patriots players and uh, people that grew up in the Patriots system. And, you know, that was a different philosophy of life. <laughs> oh, you was with Matt Patricia? I was with Matt Patricia. I was. Okay. Oh, so was it like straight army, straight military style? It was, it was definitely tight. It was definitely tight knit, tight, uh, tight control. Um, <clears throat> Ball strictly the ball. If it wasn't, if it, if it wasn't fun, it was ball. Like it was, <laughs> it was ball. It was strictly football. But. No, no. I mean, yeah. In Detroit, uh, nothing against Detroit. I want to shout out to Detroit. I just figured, like, if you in Detroit, you you there for that football? You know, you there to play? Yeah. No. You know, it's to play in Detroit. Um, is different. You know, it's a real, it's a gritty type of town. Um, the mm-hmm. sun out. You know, you gotta, you gotta really like, you know, understand where, where you're playing at to, in order to thrive. But mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to play in Detroit, but you just gotta understand, you gotta come with your mindset because Detroit's a sports town. And they really, they really, uh, you know, go big on their sports, and you don't, you don't want to make them fail or have, you know, what I'm saying, have them go against you when you're there. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you finish in Detroit, and then where you go? Then finish in Detroit. Um, I went, so I got released by them. By them, I'll say like July twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I was at home in Georgia between August and November. Mm-hmm. August and November. Uh, basically, got picked up by Carolina. Um, November, like mid-November before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. with them, and um, that was that was good to be around them. Way different from Detroit. Way more, <laughs> more people. Can, you know, people can players can do what they kind of do. You know what I'm saying? So that was also a good good time to be there too. And you know, also be in Charlotte. Charlotte is a good city. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So after after that, is that when you you well? I guess my two questions, based on your experience of playing in the league, yeah. will be the the best vi- best advice for the next generation of players like yourself. 
Um, you know, save and invest your money that first year. Mm-hmm. It's always big. Which is hard because I think when you first get the money, that's when you spend the most because you never had it before. Never had it before, but trust me, you gotta you gotta save and invest that first year. Get mm-hmm. you a, get you a good wealth manager, wealth manager, somebody that you can trust, somebody that's not going to steal your money. You put it in things that's gonna, you know, accumulate and grow over the years. But then also save save for rainy days. Um, you know, in the NFL, you know, when you first get to the league, you just think you're just gonna have that continuous job, continuous income. But you gotta understand that that check, you know, is really for 17 weeks, and the rest of the year is is really they don't pay you no more. So it's just kind of like can making sure you know you can stretch that, stretch all that money out for the whole year, but also still saving and everything. Like live live your life, you know, do what you do. But at the same time, understand like you trying to set your next, you trying to set your what next generation up. You wanna make sure. You're, you use this opportunity and this platform to set them better up and your life better up. So I don't feel like most guys think about that going to the league, you know, just, you know, you want to flex, you want to you know show that you did it and everything. And that's cool. But yeah. just always for a lot of players, just think about the big picture in terms mm-hmm. of you know, if something was to go left, if something was to go, you know, not go your way. Like, are you going to be still, are you gonna still be good to be able to, you know, move and do what you do on a consistent basis? Um, so I'll say that. I'll say also too to um, to take care of your body. Um, like a lot of guys, you go in there, um, your body's your job. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, if your body, if you're not, um, your body's not durable. If it's not, you know, it doesn't have the ability to do what you're supposed to do, then they're gonna find somebody else that can do it better. <laughs> you want to stay, you know, make sure your body's, you know, it's in tip top shape so you can, you know, perform and do what you got to do. That's um, the second one. And then, I don't know, I'm going to say third, um, just try to, try to, you know, I want you, I want players to balance, you know, football and the out there, the personal life, but just continue to always have in the back of your head of something that you could be doing outside of your sport. You know, for like a lot of people, a lot of players, you know, you wrapped in on ball, which is good, which you're supposed to do. But then also think about other things or plant seeds towards other things that you could be doing outside of ball. I don't feel like a lot of players are taught that or have that registered to them when they're in the league. But I feel like for a lot of players who could you know, have have retirement hit them like that or have they, their career just in like that, they need to have it in the back of their mind so they can already have seeds planted towards that to where when they do transition, it's not going to be like a oh shit moment. It's going to be, <laughs> be like, I kind of, I can make a plan towards something and just, just, just rock. You know what I'm saying? I think when you transition as an athlete, you trying to really just trying to find the next thing that's going, you know, cause the next thing too, that's going to also give you a large amount of money. But like the one thing that I'm starting to learn too myself is that to get, to make league money using my brand or using my other passion is going to, it's going to take time. It's not going to be you no know, overnight, you know, type of no, thing. No, 
No, no, definitely, definitely. If you want to make it, if you want to, like you said, make league money, overseas money, NBA money in a different way, in a business type, it's going to take a little while to get there. Um, but once you're there, you can live off that forever. You know, like I think, you know, athletes have a short, short shelf life. And like, even if you, like I said, I was blessed to play 10 years overseas, but I couldn't tell you how many times so many dudes retired, like you said, at 27, 26, because they played four years overseas, five, three, and they had to figure out what the heck they're going to do with the rest of their life, you know? So like you said, like it's smart, because I, I would tell you this, when the first time I start making money, I blew it. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. I blew it. I went to, you know, I bought clothes, car, shoes, yeah. you know, a little bit of strip club. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, um, just have, I mean, just having fun, I think. Um, and like, we just have to learn, you have to learn because like, you know, have a plan, be, it's like, it's like a general love your peace, but always be ready for war, yeah. you know? And so you just do your sport, be the best you can be at that sport, but always be ready for the next thing. Have something going for the next thing. And don't wait to the very end of your career to think about that. You know, like think, like you said, think about in year one, Yeah, you know, because you don't never know when it's in like football, especially you don't never know what's in. Yeah, no, for sure. So you I know? think, that's, that's definitely, you know, you, you speaking on those advices. Yeah, those, those are big things that, like, all athletes need to know. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, when, did, when did you decide to hang it up? You know, I decided um, towards the end of last year, um, I was I was hurt, um, torn my um, quad tendon, and from a, it was a San Francisco tryout mm -hmm. at home. In a word, ouch. <laughs> it, was off, it was off a broad jump and it was it was not a it was not a pretty landing I could, I'll tell you that but um basically you know went home um to get tended to my parents um I started to just you know have a lot of moments to myself that made me you know I guess question like coming off of this what I what, do I still want to play ball do I still want to you know continue that life of of, of I don't know to being secure to I don't know to being that you know that fluctuation like you mm -hmm. can't establish relationships or establish a, establish a home because you one day you're here then the next day you gone and, <laughs> that and is true it could be a lot sometimes and um you know at the same time I had passions for other things like for me I like I like creativity I like writing um I also I feel like God also blessed me with an uh, entrepreneurial spirit and mm -hmm. that I wanted to keep, you know, trying to pimp the league out of money was the question. And um, but I knew my body was on the line. And right, right. I don't want to be that old dude who can't play with their kids. I want to still be <laughs> act, you know, playing, playing, you know, playing tennis or something. Like I still want to be that dude. So those were the questions that came to my mind. And, you know, after just thinking about it, like I told you, um, I, I believed in myself that I can make league money using my brain or using my other passions. And as soon as I stepped in, as soon as I realized that and actually, you know, believed in that, I, I just made sure to um, leave the game um, on a good note. I feel like a lot of players, they, 
it's hard. They don't tell nobody. It's kind of like, dang, like what happened? Because people always see you with the athlete identity, but when I retired, I made sure to put it on all, all platforms. I made sure everybody know, like, next time you see me, don't be asking me about football. Like, <laughs> I'm done, right? I'm done because, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's it. But at the same time, I wanted people to know that um, I used football and football used me to where now I have the tools to go out into the real world and do what I want to do. And mm -hmm. I, the game teaches us all, all that in terms of like, if we truly believe and work hard for something, we can, we can win. And I think um, I want to show that on my retirement that I believe now I could, I could really do what I want to do because I have the, I know I can work hard for it. I know I have the work ethic. I know I have the belief and, you know, I could be coachable and things like that. And, you know, I think a lot of athletes didn't know that those skills are transferable to business or whatever mm -hmm, they want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was basically just, um, you know, cool with that going to retirement. So that's kind of, that's kind of how, how I was. All right. So how's your, uh, how's your life been since that transition from uh, professional football to now? Been it's been different. I'm still in the earlier stages. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still have NFL friends. Um, I still have a, you know, what I'm saying I'm still around ball. I'm still around ball, but um, I have a close um group of circle. Um, they keep me uplifted. Um, I try to stay prayed up. You know, what I'm saying to keep my mental right. Um, and I actually got a plan. I feel like uh, I'm kind of doing better than most because. I actually got a plan and I'm just gonna <laughs> ride with that plan until until it, you know what I'm saying, until the wheels fall off. Um mm -hmm. I guess I didn't have any time or have any uh moments where I'm just like, what I'm gonna do. I kinda just made I made sure before going into retirement that this is gonna be this plan and Lord, I don't know what's gonna happen, but we just gonna we just gonna ride with it and just see just see what happens. And I think uh. because I'm I'm on that wave that I don't have no no doubt or no you know sense of like feeling like you know feeling I guess the effects of the effects of football feeling miss basically feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel yeah. Like okay. Okay. Well, I can tell you from my experience, I was bitter <laughs> just because I felt like I still had something in the tank when I retired, but like the money was just like funny. It was kind of like I don't want to keep going overseas, making this little bit of money, saying that I'm a professional athlete, yeah. when the money, I, like you said, I was kind of like, I could figure out a way to make money in the States, yeah. you know? So I was like, I'm gonna just stay, I'm gonna stay. And then, you know, obviously my son was three at the time um, and just be around him, you know? You know, God blessed me with 10 years to play. And yeah. so now, you know. Um, and just to add on that, you know, that's a, and that's a that's a that's another thing to think about too. Like, I don't have no kids. I you know I'm I'm single. Um, now I ain't gonna lie to you. If I would have if I would have been in your shoes, especially when you have a kid, like if I would have been in your shoes, I don't truly know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, Travis. I, I don't know because it's like you got a you got a kid now, so it's just like that's another dimension to 
your thought process and how we're going to do things. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm speaking from one side of an athlete who doesn't have many responsibilities, doesn't have many things on their plate, but like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most athletes, cause I have a lot of athlete friends who do got kids. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Who do got, you know what I'm saying? Those, those things. Yep, yep. yep. The different thought process. When it comes oh, it gotta to- be. Yeah. I can tell you to be honest, Honest Jonathan, man, like um, once I had my first surgery, first surgery, like my, because I have two stress fractures in both my shins, right? Yeah. And I still have steel plates in both my shins to this day. Yeah. If, if money wasn't an issue and I didn't have a son, I probably would retire at like 27, right? Yeah. But yeah. the fact that money was an issue, you know, and I did, was a, you know, I didn't have a son at the time, but I knew, I, you know what I'm saying? Like my yeah. son's mom was kind of, leaning towards that at the time so i was like yeah i better not be, i better just take off this this time and then get back ready for the next year so I, after i got hurt i played another four years but then after like i said like towards the end it was just like a different mindset because the money that i was making before i got injured wasn't there anymore like when you're injured in europe they don't want to pay you the super max dollars unless you're going to the same league or whatever so um, I was making less money and just like I said, it's, it didn't, the money didn't suffice my happiness, you know? Yeah. So I, I know exactly what you're saying, like I said, but I would have retired a little bit early if I didn't have a son, all right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're at the end of, end of the interview and at the end of every show, we always ask uh, everybody the same question. Um, at, at one point in your career, you know, uh, or life, we all go through like low points, super low points. And I just want to ask you, like, at those low points, what, 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 who or what happened to get you out of it? You know? Man, uh, <clears throat> just God, just, yeah, just, just God, man. Um, I, I, I could, I can tell you, I can tell you two low points um, in the league. Um, I remember. You know, that first year, rookie year, I got hurt in Minnesota. Um, they released me. I didn't know what I was going to do. But then Detroit picked me up. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in Detroit and I didn't know nobody. <laughs> I was in Detroit on Christmas. Didn't know nobody. Now that's, now that's a different <laughs> People don't, they don't tell you these type of things, man. I was right. like, I didn't see my family. I was on in Christmas, and there was no sun. It was straight cloudy, straight, straight. Oh wow! Rain. Wow, just nothing. And I was in that motel room, just like man, like I just hope this is all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I uh, one time uh, was that after Christmas? I wasn't. You know, my last year in Europe, I was in Germany for yeah. Christmas because they didn't let me come home. Uh, I didn't put in my contract at that time. And they was like, nah, we can't let you go because we want you to stay in shape. Yeah. I can stay in shape at home. I'm like, nah, well, we, you know, we ain't going to do that. So, yeah. you know, in Europe, they do like fireworks for Christmas, you know, like in New Year's and all that fireworks in, you know, like like July 4th. Yeah. And I'm just looking up like sad because I'm in Europe for Christmas. <laughs> You know, I'm just like, man, you know, is this worth it anymore? I don't even know if it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? Really, like, I, 
Yes, I'm, I'm laughing how you said it was during Christmas because it's something about Christmas. And you you want to be home, yeah, like you ain't home eating your mama's cooking. Yeah, and you you can't be home because of the ball. And that really like takes you somewhere because it's just like, dang, like I want to be home. But <laughs> this is one of the sacrifices that I got to do to play professional sports. And, and most people don't talk about that. <laughs> no, no, it's serious, man. Like, oh. It's, it's insane. It's insane, you know. But uh, I want to say thank you so much, Jonathan, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I think your journey is something special, especially for the younger generation, man, to let you know, let them know, like, everything's going to be all right. Even if you retire young, everything's going to be all right, you know. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, let everybody know where they can follow you on your social media platforms. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow them. IG, you can follow me at wayback, W-A-Y-Y-B-A-C-K underscore win, W-Y-N-N. Um, that, that is now my new name and brand when it comes to all platforms. And that's where you can follow me. And um, yeah, and even on LinkedIn, I ain't going to forget LinkedIn. <laughs> John, Jonathan Win, uh, I think it's 49, a dash slash 49. <laughs> <laughs> Athletes, when you see the game, LinkedIn is going to be your, your best friend. That's how I met Travis. It's going to be your. It's, be your it's, it, people think it's like Instagram or Facebook. Nah, man, LinkedIn is where you want to find people. You know? <laughs> yep. Well, I want to say thank you like once again, Jonathan. You can find me. Uh, and everybody, like I said, who's listening to this, please like, share, and subscribe to the next episode. It's greatly appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the more followers we can get, the bigger platform we can get on. And then, like I said, we're going to take this, this journey to all around the world, baby. <laughs> so um, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. You can follow me, Travis Reed, W. Reed on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> um, we got some new stuff coming on. I think uh, we, we will be taking this show to YouTube uh, in the coming weeks. So you might see this interview uh, on, on, like I said, on YouTube as well. So uh, like I said, uh, keep liking, keep sharing, keep subscribing. And we will see you next week on the Athlete's Journey on the Believe Network. Football might be over, but basketball is in full swing, both college and pro. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to find out when the next head coach is going to be fired, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sporting needs. Head on over to the website, use your mobile devices, and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. And it's not just about basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC eyes right to the Olympic coverage that just finished. It is the best in the business. From sports right down to your own favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is number one in waging destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.